0: All right. Good morning, everyone. How we doing? All right. All right. Let's see. Take, take, take. May you be lifted, brother. May you be lifted. All right. Well, uh, good morning again. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, take a moment to just say a couple birthdays. I think Mario, where are you? It's your birthday today, right? Uh, I remember it from last week. Happy birthday. So I think Tom LaManna too, but he's not, I don't see him, so he was probably partying. And then, and then I think tomorrow is my brother Dan, right? So happy birthday, brother. That's what I say. Yeah. yeah. All right. Love birthdays. It's always a great time to celebrate. I love celebrating. So... Um, Today I want to talk to you guys about what's been kind of running through my mind lately, what God's been walking me through, and it's about faith, okay? Now, it's funny because when I've shared with people um, what I was going to talk about, there's different approaches, people are like, oh, yeah, that sounds great, you know, this and that, and then you have other people that will say, you know, oh, that's interesting, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, dealing with some stuff around that too, and then you have other people like my wife, who um, just decides to sing George Michael's Faith all week long, and it's a little bit of a tough, you know, kind of trying to, you know, prep and stuff like that, but uh, I appreciate you, love, uh, and your renditions of that wonderful song. Um, <laughs> No, we're not going to hear it. Um, No, please don't. (laughs) You have? Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. All right. We'll we'll pray for both of you. Um, But for a while now, I've been wrestling with this uh, concept and power associated with faith. And we're going to explore the words of Jesus in Matthew 17 today and Mark 4 um, when it comes to faith and, and the analogy that he uses Uh, from the natural to explain its potency, the the seeds of faith that we can uh, deal with uh, on the kingdom of God, pervasing our lives uh, to abundance. But first, I want to start with a story of why faith has been on my mind much as of late. So, this Father's Day, in a couple months here, I will have been in communion with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ for the past 20 years. Yeah, amen. Praise God. And while every day is in the Lord is good, these milestones of life give us moments to reflect upon the work he's done in our lives, right? We could Look back and recognize the kind of growth that we all can experience from time to time. And in those 20 years, I would tell you, a lot has changed in who I am. Before knowing the Lord, I was a young man trying to chase that paper, all right? The greenbacks, the moolah, the cheddar (laughs) Because I believed it was what would lead me to an abundance of life. So, you know, society's playbook on how to achieve that is to stay focused on certain things, maybe your education, your career, really run up the ranks, do what you can, and there's nothing wrong with doing those things as long as they don't become some sort of idolatry, right? So to make sure that I didn't allow it to become an idol in my life, I still found time to party hard with no regrets. But when I finally started to realize that he was pursuing me each and every day, And then I realized that I began to have faith that there was something more than what I believed and perceived life was about. I found the way to that true life abundant. And man, I'll tell you, it's been a wonderful time. He brought me joy. He's answered prayers. He's surrounded me with wonderful people like you to do life with. Mentors that have taught me. Mentees that I get to share with. I have seen the sick healed, hope wrought to the hopeless, demons casted out, and life resurrected. And I don't mean that in a metaphoric or simply the spiritual sense alone. I've seen physical life that by a doctor's pronouncement ceased to, to only, after the laying of hands, a naturally unexplainable but supernaturally inevitable resurrection. I've seen it. And man, I'll tell you, my life in the Lord has been a wonderful adventure. He has grown me in ways that I would have never been able to receive or achieve without him. And it is because of this journey, I would tell you that if I were to assess my faith in who God is, it would be strong. I have no problem putting my hope and trust in him in all things. And my, and my wife and I know that he has more for us and that, is, that season is upon us. So, imagine when a few months ago we were approached by some of our most important mentors of the faith and presented with a new opportunity in Jesus that had aligned up with words that had been spoken over us throughout the years. Imagine my and my wife's excitement. We started seeing things line up and we're like excited about what was to happen. And God had revealed to us our next season in him. Praise be to God for he is good. And then all of a sudden, I was overwhelmed with a sensation that had not been a sensation I felt I have experienced in a long while. A sensation that made me sick to my stomach that feeling that was making me physically ill, was doubt. Doubt that I had to serve in that capacity, would I be able to do so? Doubt that if I moved into this new season, would I be able to provide for not only my family, but many who come under the covering of this new opportunity? And when I shared my concerns of doubt with my mentors, they shared this comforting analogy that I share with you here. Have faith. It's like climbing up to the top of a high-rise platform diving board and God asking you to dive off. And as you come to the edge of the platform, you notice there's no water in the pool. And when you alert God to this anomaly, He says, Don't worry, I'll fill it up on the way down. <laughs> now, I say comforting facetiously because that analogy was the farthest from comforting to me. I hate heights, it's <laughs> gonna put it there. Absolutely hate them. Now, I can go to places of heights, but only under certain conditions. For example, heights like without guards and stuff that are not about waist high, there ain't no chance in heaven that I'm walking up to the edge. I'm just letting you know. Here's a perfect example about how I feel about heights. I'm going to have my wife show you a little video. I, we had a lifetime opportunity to, to uh, go to Switzerland on Mount Pilatus. I'm with my friends, the people I love, and we got to walk up Mount Pilatus, and this is me here. I don't know if you see I, I'm I'm coming up right afterwards. You can see these people walking up and beautiful thing, and then me. <laughs> Mount Pilatus is an amazing place. It's up in the sky where the clouds come through. But I'm struggling with coming to that edge. It's a beautiful excursion. And then my mentor, in addition to using heights, was which, in that analogy, talking about pools. She had to use a pool in her analogy. My cousin pushed me into a pool when I was four. I didn't know how to swim. That was not comforting. Honestly, I have a pretty much general distrust for bodies of water. When I was about 13, I got pulled out from a riptide out deep into the sea. Lifeguard had to come out, do the whole thing where they're using their fins, swimming sideways. I couldn't do it. I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't really see the severity of it until I came back and sat down and I looked out and I realized I was out by vessels of the sea. Boats! I was out far in the Pacific Ocean by boats. I'm I'm not joking here. It was yacht a good time. Yeah. Like what I like what I did there. But it was not good. You know, I needless to say, what I'm what I'm getting at is this. It wasn't a great analogy for me. It might be okay for other people. But in that moment, as I was struggling with doubt, that analogy was really making it tougher for me. So I say to you, if you share analogies. Know your audience, please. Okay. <laughs> so point is, though, I'm, I'm now questioning my level of faith. Again, I've experienced things in, the, in, in my journey that would make me feel like, man, I know who God is. I know his character. I know his promises. I know his faith. I've seen it throughout my life this last 20 years. And now I'm here in this moment with a new seasonal opportunity. And why am I coming up against this? How did I go from one moment where I felt I was at the heights, as long as there's a guardrail, of my faith, but now I'm completely discouraged about my lack of faith in this new adventure? So I started to go to the Word, which we should do. And so we're going to do that, starting in Matthew 17. As Jesus is performing miracles, he's approached by a man who has a demon-possessed boy, The disciples couldn't cast him out, as you might remember. And they asked him, because Jesus had to come in and make the rescue. And they asked him, the disciples, they said, why couldn't they cast out the demon? And in verse 20, it says this. Jesus replied, He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I like how Jesus responded to his disciples here. He didn't tiptoe around it. This is a healthy and heavy challenge. He's letting them know. He's not like, ah, you know, maybe you'll get them next time. He's letting them know right away. It's about their limited faith. And to go even further, he contextualizes that size of their faith by saying it must be smaller than that of a mustard seed. Ouch. These guys have direct access to God incarnate, seeing him perform miracles and yet struggle with their faith. So, if anything, that should give us hope, right? But this passage also tells us three additional things that we should be able to consume from this and pull out of this uh, passage. Number one, it takes only a little faith in Jesus to see mighty things. Because of power of faith, we need not go to the depths of ourselves and build up a towering faith. Nope. Just a bit to see mighty works of God. However, we can still grow our faith, which can lead to even more of maybe that life abundant that I know Casey talked about last week and the week before. You know, it's similar to what he was sharing about willpower and in the brain with the something, 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 something cortex. It's like a muscle that grows. I see the faith the same way. Our faith can grow like a muscle if we exercise it. Work it and make it stronger so it has more opportunity in him. And then lastly, Nothing will be impossible for us with that faith. What a powerful, powerful promise for us. And then I was thinking, as I was wrapping my head around this mustard seed, because, man, you know, we hear it, we, we've heard we've heard that scripture before. Man, the mustard seeds. Just trying to get the context. We know it's small. How small? Some of us have seen mustard seeds. How many of you have seen a mustard seed, like legitimately? Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. I don't I don't know. Think a lot of people go around to the grocery store like, hey, do you have some mustard seeds? I just like to see that. No, I don't. I just don't think that's happening. So. I wanted to be able to share for context that you know Jesus provides more context in Mark four thirty one and thirty two. Rabbis of the time often use the size of the mustard seed for comparison and contrast for understanding measures. You go into the the market or the bazaar, and and they, that was a they, they can use that as a, a unit of measure. But the idea was that when you're talking about small things, that was what they used for. Uh, comparison or to explain and, and contrast that. So here, Jesus does a similar thing when he's sharing the parable of the mustard seed to the crowds in reference to what the kingdom of God is like. And it says this in Mark 4, 31 through 32. It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds on earth. 32. Yet when planted, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Man, I'll tell you, for not really being too much of a gardener, or I'm not too much into ag, anything like that, it was kind of hard to picture. Agriculture, sorry. Um, It was hard for me to picture. I mean, I could, I could see what he's saying, I, could, I know how big a bird is, I know, you know, to perch on it, it has to be pretty big, but honestly, I don't think I've ever looked at a mustard plant and or tree for that matter. And so I was kind of like thinking about like, man, what, what are we really talking about here in the natural? This is obviously in the natural. So my IT guy just started using the Google, you know, and looked up in the Google and uh, I found a a nice visual that I thought helped a little bit, and so the wifey could put that up there. So you could see that in the fingers is what would be the beginning of a mustard seed. And when planted, after time, watering, in good environment and soil, it can turn into a mustard uh, tree or plant Nearly 20 to 30 feet high and nearly as wide. Providing shade, providing uh, perch for, for birds. It, it's a shelter. It's, it, 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 it provides so much. And yet it started on the size of what it amounts to less, I think it was like one millimeter compared to a, di- a dime. And it turns into that. The potency of that one seed turns into that. So I'm starting to rev up a little bit. I'm like, whew, that's, some, that's, that's potent. That's, that's some real potency right there, that a little seed like that can turn into a tree that can provide so much more than what you first imagined when you saw the seed. And trying to contextualize that or think about that for where, where Jesus is telling us about our faith. That if we have faith that size, that in, very similarly, we have the ability to see exponential growth out of it. And all it requires is the beginnings of planting that seed. When you see it like that, you quickly realize that what inside matters... And I can't imagine, to be honest with you, I can't imagine how someone can believe anything outside of an all-powerful creator could produce that. Looking at that seed and what it can turn into. That there's some people in this world that believe that nothing created that. That nothing created the seed and nothing created the tree. It just happens. I'm telling you what, talking about faith, Yeah, (laughs) albeit skewed, that's the kind of faith that we need (laughs) to believe that. It's crazy to think that. So now that we see the potency of just a mustard seed, and we now know we can build more faith, so how can we prepare ourselves for that bigger faith? Well, earlier in the same teaching, Jesus discusses the soil of our hearts and whether when seed is scattered, some is stolen from the path while others have rocky and limited soil that it can't grow and root, you know, tie down a root to and therefore it doesn't mature because it can't tie down a root and even some that are spread among the thorns. And then you get choked out. But Jesus says the following in Mark 4.20. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word and accept it, or hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So how can we see that increase in our faith? We need to become, in my mind as I was walking through this, a green thumb of faith. We need to really get our hands in the proverbial dirt, the soil of our heart, and really allow ourselves to garden well. We have to invest in ourselves with those seeds of faith, allow others to invest in us with seeds of faith, and we have to receive those seeds. Well, gotta allow others to plant or to water. But of course, God is the one responsible for the growth. So when we break this down, this verse a little bit more, this specific verse, 20, says, hear the word. Seed sown on good soil, hear the word. So we prepare the soil of our heart so we can receive it well. We got to receive it well. Avoid the thorns and the shallow ground. Tie roots deep near the living water. Good soil in our hearts. What does that look like? All those, all those analogies were, were things of the garden, but very well we know that those things are the things that can interfere with us. If we get caught up too quickly and filled with joy because of something that we experience in a moment, it could be fleeting, And then when, because we don't have our our roots tied uh, down deeply with the living water, what ends up happening is when circumstances don't go well, and now we're uprooted. Or we spend that time near the thorns. And what's getting watered around us is choking us out. Because we're allowing ourselves to get involved with the thorns, and you know what I'm talking about. There's probably people and things of this world that we probably can do less with. The things that are causing us to choke out and we can't even recognize it sometimes. I think about that sometimes when I'm looking in a garden. I don't do that often, by the way. Um, (laughs) But I look into the garden and when you see like the things that grow around it, sometimes that stuff, it's not good. It's not good. And yet, you don't even pay attention to it because it's just, it grows. Sometimes it even looks like a flower. It looks like something that seems right. And yet, it's doing a, it's doing a job on what you're trying to grow well. So keeping ourselves from the challenges of the, the thorns, the things that can really choke us out. So that's hearing the word. Making sure that we have good soil so that we can hear the word well. That we're not going to be distracted by things that can get in our way from understanding that. Secondly, accept it. Allow those seeds of faith to be planted in you and watered so that God can grow it. I think we all can look around this room. Maybe we, we've been there before. When we're, when we're hurting... When we're down, when we're not feeling it, one of the things that we can do, and I, I, I don't know, maybe you guys feel this way. I know I've felt this way. When I'm down, sometimes somebody will bring a word of encouragement, try to plant and sow a seed of faith, and man, I'm just not, I'm not accepting it. I'm not feeling it. Because I'm allowing the thing, whatever it is, to, to have a bigger place in my heart than anything else. And I'm probably like, God, why don't you take this from me? And then the person's right in front of me helping me with that. And I can't even see it. It's right in front of my eyes. you ever been there? Yeah. we got to be able to accept it, which means we got to know our own garden pretty well, that when we're struggling in those spots and somebody comes to us with a word of encouragement, that we better think about why that's coming. It's not just because that person's a nice person. Maybe God is trying to speak directly to you. And if we receive it and allow that seed to be planted, its potency can probably break us from whatever foothold or stronghold that we're struggling with in that moment. Other part of that verse says, produce a crop. Bear good fruit. You bear fruit when you when you allow things to be uh, worked in the soil of your heart. You bear fruit. And then it comes to harvest. And I'll tell you what, when you bear good fruit, it's good. You taste of it, and it's good. You know it's good. And you want more. Why not? Allow your faith at, to be at work through works. Spend time. Invest. Allow people into you to do the same and you in others. I'm feeling that now because I'm like, man, like there's moments where I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I want to. But here we are. And as I'm meditating on this this word, it's kind of like, all right, bear good fruit because I'm allowing things to uh, be received, I'm accepting well and therefore now I'm experiencing the goodness of God as he's preparing my heart, the soil of my heart for the next thing that he has for me. And I added a little something when I thought about it to this, after reading the scripture I thought, well heck, if, if there's seed that's sown into me, let's say one seed as Jesus pointed it out earlier, just one seed, and I share that, or I allow that to grow, I should say, by watering it, allowing others to water it, and it grows because God grew it, and it bears awesome fruit, then why not repeat and grow the whole dang orchard? Right? I mean, if we have one seed and it does that, can you put that picture back up, my love? Of the, If one seed does that, why not grow the whole orchard? If that can provide shelter, shade, and other things of produce, then why not allow the whole orchard? And it started getting me thinking like, well, that's like our faith. Why not allow seeds of faith to continue to be planted either by myself or others that I can trust and and know that God is working in and through them in my life because God wants to see me with, because he's the author and finisher of my faith. So why not allow the whole orchard? So I started getting a little motivated. I'm feeling excited. I'm like, man, all right. I'm starting to feel it. Okay, so maybe what I need to do instead of allowing the, the you know, the sickening feeling to come, I got to turn back to God and say, hey, God, what do you got for this? What do you got for me? And he's going to use maybe things he shares directly to, with me or he's going to use people like you to share with me and encourage me and I thank you for everyone who's done that in my life because I'll tell you, without you, I don't know where I'd be. Honestly, I don't know. Now there's an interesting thing about seeds. Because you got a seed that you can have a seed of faith that produces great fruit. But there's other seeds too that we must be aware of, to be cautious about, because the seeds that could hurt you could also if you allow them to be received well in your soil of your heart can cultivate things you don't want. Seeds of doubt. You allow one in, you allow it to get watered, and the next thing you know you're overwhelmed with doubt. You're overwhelmed with believing that there is nothing possible that can get you out of it. Has anyone ever felt where it feels like the walls are just coming in on you? So if the garden of our heart, the soil of our heart, if we have the ability to do things in it, we must be cautious and wary of the other types of seeds that can infiltrate as well. And in 1 Peter uh, one twenty three, and I don't think this is on a slide, but it says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So when he shares that, he's basically saying, hey, there's different seeds. Make sure yours is the one that you're allowing to uh, be received in your heart. May it be seeds that are incorruptible. It's that potent, even the bad ones, if you allow it, right? If you allow it, it can do a number on you. Have friends that are struggling with a marriage. And there, when I was talking to them, they were explaining to me that they, they were just overwhelmed with the idea that it can't be fixed because of the doubts they had in themselves about who they were, and also about the infrastructure of their marriage. And I remember I was burdened with the weight of that thought because I was like, man, but I love you guys. Please don't do this. And yet you could see the kind of power that seeds that are planted in people can fester, cultivate, and grow into things that can lead to a path of destruction or a path of righteousness. We get to choose. We get to choose where we want to go. That's what's great about God. He gives us that choice to turn back to him and see and taste of it fruit for it's good. Those doubt, man, <laughs> it's rough. Another verse, James 1, 7. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Told you I don't like water. Bodies of water. Not my thing. Went on a Tiger cruise. My brother was in the military, in the Navy. Went on a Tiger cruise from Seattle down to San Diego. All I remember hearing, I was on an aircraft carrier, okay? All I remember hearing was on, they had like a PA, and they're like, we're dealing with high seas and uh, uh, heavy, heavy winds. And I remember thinking to myself, like, we're an aircraft carrier. Like, there's no way, you know? And next thing I know... The rest of my trip was like this. Hey, it's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Um, How, oh, you work with my brother? Oh, oh, that's great, you know? And so, you know, and I'm like walking back and forth, and I'm not good. I feel sick, like, right away. I Had to go lay down in their barracks and little bunks or whatever. No good. And I remember the one time I went out on the flight deck with my brother, and I was like, oh, man. And the boat's moving, man. And I'm like thinking to myself, this is an aircraft carrier. It's the biggest ship in a fleet and an armada. What the heck is going on here? And, I, and we look over, and I'm telling you, I don't get close to the edge, but we look over, and the rest of the fleet are the rest of the boats that are in a fleet, which are always smaller than the carrier. And they're whoo, 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 whoo. And ours is like this, which was enough for me. But for them, they're like... And then I remember asking the guy, I was like, yeah, are, there, are there families on those boats too? And he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I said, oh, how do they even handle it? And I remember him saying something along the lines of, let's just say there's a lot of swabbing of the decks. <laughs> and I was like, no thanks. I'm glad that my brother's on an aircraft carrier. And, but I, my point is to say that it rocks you. And, sh- and James is saying here that doubt... It's like that. It's like you're getting tossed around and just thrown about. You're sick. You don't even know what's going on. You, you, can't, you can't orient yourself. There's nothing that feels good about it. The last, I mean, it was only seven days, but I'll tell you what, I was ready to get out of there. I wanted off. Didn't want a single thing to do with it, but that's the way that doubt works. And so my point, again, is that I don't like that feeling. I felt like I haven't had to feel that in like a major way in a long time, and then all of a sudden a few... You know, months ago, I'm feeling this heavy hit of it, and I'm like, whoa! But God, you've taken me so far. Why am I feeling this all of a sudden? That's how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. The enemy has come to rob. He's a thief. Steal and destroy, kill you. He's a thief. And even in moments where you feel like you got it together, boom, trying to take it from you. Snatch it like that seed that's scattered on the path. As I was going through, I mean, and so it was tough, like, thinking about the doubt, but honestly, I was feeling like, all right, but at least we got a pathway. We know what we got to do. And um, my friend Alexia, we were, she was at school, uh, she worked, She goes to the college um, where I work and she said, Hey, what's your message on? And I was telling her, it's on faith. And we were talking about it a little bit and, you know, uh, we pondered upon a question, you know, about it. And it was this idea of, well, what if you have, what if you have good intentions about growing your faith? You do. You have good intentions about growing your faith, but it comes and it goes, you know? Or those seeds of doubt take hold. Well, this is kind of what we're talking about again, right? And the good news is that we can fall back, not on our own strength, we can fall back on the one who remains faithful through it all, Jesus. Right? We don't have to think like, oh man, I'm the one getting rocked left, back and forth, right? You know, whatever. I think I prepared my heart, you know, well enough, but even, even after 20 years, I feel that. But the great news is, it's not... It's not the person I have to rely on as myself, because I have a faith in someone that is amazingly faithful, unbelievably faithful. And we can look to his word and the promises he has to kind of lead us that way. For example, he tells us that his sheep listen to his voice. That's us. He knows us. He gives us eternal life, that we shall not perish, and no one can snatch us out of his hand. In other words, he's never going to give you up. It also tells us in Timothy that if we are faithless, uh, 2 Timothy, if we are faithless, Jesus will remain faithful. Jesus will remain faithful. He's never going to let us down. And the Lord Also, in the word, tells us he brought us out of Egypt. He led us to the land, sworn to our forefathers. Stating he would never break his covenant with us. He would never leave or forsake us. He's never gonna run around and desert us. So we have a faith in something that has remained faithful, where we might fall on our face sometimes. We have the one that remains faithful. So in closing, I have a call to action for all of us. It starts with me, but I'm hoping you guys will join me in it. Let's strive to build a faith like the hall of faith that you see in Hebrews 11. Okay, those are those believers of the Bible. We know them: Abraham, Noah, Moses, Gideon, Samson, Jetta, uh, David, Samuel, that have done unbelievable things and are now a part of that hall of faith that we think about, right? And it says in Hebrews 11, 34, the things that they've done, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. I'm getting excited. Because maybe the faith that is in us from that one little start of a mustard seed, if we build that orchard because we've allowed our soil of our heart to be prepared and we accept the good words and the planting of seeds in our, in our life that are to allow us to team with life, to grow us rather than to destroy us, then maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to get to that point where we're able to see those conquered kingdoms and the enforced justice And obtain promises. And now I'm feeling better about what is before me and my wife in the new season. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Because of who he is. And he is, again, the author and finisher of our faith, which means he's writing and preparing the faith. He started our faith. And he's a finisher, which means he's there to bring it to completion, too. Another thing that we don't have to put all the pressure on ourselves to try to produce. And then right before we started today, I got an, a, a word shared with me by Crystal. And I want to <laughs> share it because I think, man, you talk about God just... Mm. Um, she came up to me in the back. I was at the, the computer, and she's like, hey, I got something to share with you. I got this word and I need to share it with you. And, and I don't know, you, you, you do with it whatever you, you want to do with it. And uh, it was, um, it was uh, Micah one. Great name. Love it. Power. Great prophet. It says this in 4.1. Um, <clears throat> it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and it shall be lifted up above the hills and peoples shall f- uh, flourish. Oh, I-, I wrote it wrong, but <laughs> flow from it. People will flow from it. So I think back and I went back to the original verse that was kind of wrestling with to begin with. And that is where Jesus tells us that the faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. So wrapping it back to this verse, I was thinking, man, what if in the latter days, because of our faith that we've mustered up, could we be part of God's solution to see that mountain moved above the highest of mountains so that peoples will flow from it? And I was excited. So thank you, Crystal, for sharing that may that be the movement of a mountain that goes higher than every other mountain. And it would be the the mountain of the house of the Lord. So let's garden the soil of our hearts so that we can have a faith that won't just move those mountains alone, but go beyond what we can ever think, fathom, or imagine. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, again for an opportunity to share what fire you've put in my belly, Lord. I pray as we've come out of this fast, Lord, that and we've prepared and we had our workshop earlier this year for this local fellowship, Lord, that you're preparing their hearts for what is to come individually and corporately. Father, I pray right now that if there's any seeds of doubt trying to be planted in this place, Lord, that we would we would just come against it, that your hedge of protection would uh, protect us, but that we would say, No, there is no soil for you to plant here. Father, I, I pray that our soil would be prepared, tilled, ready to receive those mustard seeds of faith, Lord, and that we would continue to exercise and build upon that, Lord, whether we receive it or we're delivering it, Lord. May we be the encouragers of encouragers. May we provide seeds of faith for people so that they can see the potency of that seed to grow in them, Lord. May we experience your goodness, Lord. May we experience it in a way where we know that it's not because of us, Lord, but because of who you are, that we will see your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. May this body leave here today knowing that you have a great faith in them, ready to burst down. We praise you, and we ask this in your son's mighty name. Amen.